Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome into another edition of the Maze and Brew podcast. This is a special edition, a reaction edition, one that wasn't in our content schedule for this week, but I figured would be one we would do eventually. Um, let's just get right into it. Uh, Hunter Dickinson is back at Michigan. Not a huge surprise there. I think given the timeline, given how quiet some things were, I think some people may have been a little bit surprised that it took this long, but Hunter Dickinson's back and we're going to talk about it. I'm team site producer, managing editor, Anthony Broom, along with our basketball contributor, Daniel Dash. Daniel, uh, welcome back. It's been a while since you and I talked via podcast. Oh, it's been uh, since the, the Chris Castellani era. I know that's that's that is an era that is is you know sadly gone by now. But uh, we wish Chris all the best, of course. But yeah, a little basketball podcast uh, reunion here. Something you know, I hope we're able to bring back this upcoming season. But uh, there's no you know we can exchange pleasantries all we want. You and I have been talking before we recorded for a while, so I guess we'll just kind of get right into it. I mean, Tuesday, uh, Tuesday was decision day, day after Fourth of or day after Fourth of July weekend. A lot of people had the Monday off as the observed holiday, but. Uh, Hunter Dickinson is back. Uh, he has withdrawn his name from the 2021 NBA draft. And uh, I, I can't say, I mean, I'll give my immediate reaction. It, it wasn't surprising to me. Um, a little more dramatic than I expected to be in that there was some buzz maybe Monday night that, oh, it's, you know, Jace Howard tweeted something out and then deleted or I'm going to miss him, which I have a theory on that. Um, and I'm it's sure you might, you might, year. you might too. Um, but there were, there seemed to be a little bit of, manufactured drama coming into the news. Uh, you know, some people say, Hey, you know what? It's been a long time since he made a decision. He took eight weeks to make the original decision that he was going to 
enter the draft, maybe he's going to stay in there. Maybe a team gave him a promise, as we've seen that happen in the past. I think we saw that happen with uh, Karis LeVert, DJ Wilson were, were guys that had promises from one team. And sometimes that's all it takes is one team. But Hunter Dickinson's back. And I think it's funny because what it kind of did was reignite this excitement for the program and what next season's going to be. But this to me was always the outcome. Uh, you, you know, Franz is gone. Franz is going to stay in the draft. Franz might be a top seven or eight pick depending on, you know, how, how the off season or how the pre-draft process goes for him. But um, to quote Hoosiers, the team is on the floor now. So uh, I think you look at what he brings back. I mean, we could talk about the things he needs to work on and the feedback he got, but to me, not a surprising decision and to it cements them as maybe one of the two, three, four best teams in college basketball, at least on paper going into next season. Yeah, absolutely. This is a, a national title contender. Uh, I think there's a lot of talent in the PDC right now, uh, a, a pretty unprecedented level. I mean, I, I know that a lot of people use the 2013 team as the bar to compare talent level to a, 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 in terms of Michigan basketball. But I, I think that this year with the recruiting class coming in, the talent they're bringing back, even after losing guys like Mike Smith and Shondi Brown, who fit their role perfectly, and then a, a bona fide lottery pick in Franz Wagner and arguably the best 3 and D guy in college basketball in Isaiah Livers, this is a team that could even better than they were last year. They were 23-5 and five last year. Uh, they're definitely playing a, a harder non-conference schedule this year, but I, I think the the stage is set for this team to really burst onto the scene in the months of November and December with the, the non-conference schedule. And I think that they're going to be ready to, to hit the ground running now that Dickinson's back and Devontae Jones has formally transferred in. Yeah. And I think when you look at, we'll, we'll talk the team here in a second. I, I want to, I, I'm going to keep it Hunter Dickinson for right now. You know, you look at what he brings to the table. I mean, as far as what his like, Second-team All-America as a freshman. He has no shortage of accolades to his name already. So for that guy, um, it would have been understandable for that guy who does turn 21 this fall um, to maybe say, you know what, I'm going to bet on myself in the pre-draft process. I'm going I'm to stay in there. Uh, that wasn't the case. I think the feedback was pretty clear on some of the things he needed to work on. I mean, what we saw most of last year was – he was a, he was a bully inside. He did all of his work uh, on the interior. Didn't show off a ton of range uh, with the outside game, which is something that, um, you know, we saw a little bit more of in his, his senior film coming out of high school. But, um, you know, what we've seen from him since the end of the season is it looks like he has been working on that. Um, the, the freshman to sophomore jump is always going to be big in terms of the physique and, and having, the full off season in that, that Michigan off season program, um, you know, for him, I, I think it's pretty clear what he needs to improve on it. It's um, you know, the pick and the pick and rolls, or I'm sorry, the ball screens. It is the improving your jump shot. It's maybe being a little bit more athletic up and down the floor. And I think the process, you know, of, of making those things happen is taking place right now, but um, you know, much of the feedback likely dealt with a lot of that. And I think on, un- Un- unlocking that aspect of his game where you know you're talking about him maybe as a Luca Garza type of player um, is going to be you know being able to produce and fill up the stat sheet a little further away from the basket so um, I-, I think when you look at this basketball team they might be a little too talented and too well this is a good problem to have I'm not saying this is a concern they might be a little too talented and a little too deep for him to be like the true centerpiece but 
he's going to have every opportunity now, especially given Jawan Howard's Midas touch with the big men to kind of show himself to be the, the straw that stirs the drink. Is he ever going to be a first round guy? I don't know. And Hunter even said, we just got off the zoom with him. Um, you know, if he wasn't, if he was going to be taken mid second round or later, that wasn't something he was really interested in. Um, but it, given the positionless, you know, basketball is kind of going to this positionless super freak athlete game that probably lessens the chances that he's ever a first round pick because he is more of a throwback big man. But, you know, this gives him the chance with the roster around him to be an even bigger part of the team and prove himself to be a draftable guy, maybe in the top half of the second round, um, if he's able to have another big season and, and just improve on some of those things. So um, I think it's pretty clear based on the conversation we just had with him that this probably will be his last year in Ann Arbor. So um, I guess talk to us, Daniel, you were both you and I were in on the press conference. We talked about some of the feedback he received. I mean, what were the things that stuck out to you about what he may have heard from NBA teams? Because you spoke yeah. to a scout uh, about a month or so ago too. Right. I, I talked to a Western conference scout who did a pretty good job outlining what he saw in Dickinson as a freshman, what he thinks Dickinson can do a bit better as a sophomore. And he was acting like it was a, a foregone conclusion that Dickinson would be back in college. That really wasn't the case. Uh, Dickinson said during today's press conference that he was actually leaning towards turning professional when he first declared. Uh, if you remember about a month ago, uh, he took his time declaring. I think he declared just under 48 hours before the deadline. Yeah. Uh, he's obviously withdrawing even less than that before you know, this deadline. I, I know that there were about 24 hours left in the deadline when he did withdraw, but I, I think that the three biggest pieces of feedback he got were enough to push him back to college. Uh, he said that teams told him he needs to shoot the ball from outside consistently. Uh, that, that means within games and over the course of an entire year. And there's really no substitute for live reps. I mean, you can go put on a shooting display at the, the combine and workouts and, you know, private exercises. But I, I think that it speaks volumes when a guy can shoot consistently throughout the year through the ups and downs of a season. That's something that teams want to see out of him. Uh, they want, he said at least that uh, teams want to see him switch ball screens a bit better defensively. I think that was something he did exceptionally well for a freshman. Uh, I think a lot of it comes with lateral quickness and his length. Obviously the, the play that comes to mind was against Wisconsin when Demetri Trice uh, tried to ISO him out of a screen and he pinned the ball off the backboard. Uh, and then they want to see him use his right hand in the post. So that's his right hand over his left shoulder. Uh, the game that really comes to mind is UCLA in the Elite Eight, where they really took away the left hand, right shoulder, and really rendered Dickinson, you know, pretty much useless in the post. They took away everything he wanted to do. So, and then I also want to reiterate the fact that you know, age here is a, a real reason for concern, or was a real reason for concern for why Dickinson might stay in the draft. He's turning 21 this fall. Uh, Dickinson, who just finished his freshman year, is actually nine months older than Franz Wagner, who just finished his sophomore year. So there is a, a pretty wide gap in the ages there. And, you know, as a, an immobile, big throwback center, I don't know how much you're going to grow with another year of college. I know that if you're going to go back to a, a college coach and trust him to develop you as a center, Jawan Howard's the guy. But I, I think that those three pieces of feedback that Dickinson got from NBA teams is going to be what drives his sophomore year. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
we all carry around different stressors in life, whether they be big, small, or anywhere in between. And when we keep those bottled up, it can start to affect us in a negative way. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched up with a licensed therapist, and if for some reason that therapist isn't working out for you, you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Get life's challenges off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Block M to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Block M. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, and you you know you bring up a good thing with the age uh, factor. I mean that's why that's why Ignis Brazdakis uh, went to the NBA when he did a couple of years ago. He was like a 21 year old freshman or something. It was absurd. Um, he still looked like he was 14, but um, yeah, that's that that's a bit that has a lot to do with it. And something I just thought about when you were talking about um, the the coach he'll go back and play for is that let's just say I mean the goal for him is to play professional basketball and develop into the best possible player he can be. And whether that be with going to the NBA or staying in college, I think something that probably, I wish I would have thought to ask this, but something that probably would have, that probably makes a big difference is you can go and you can develop for one more year under Juwan Howard. Like how many, I guess what I'm trying to say is how, how many NBA coaches are bet are a better pure basketball coach than Juwan Howard would be in terms of developing his game, because he probably declares like let's, he's probably fighting for in summer league for a roster spot or playing in the G league. Um, he's not getting the coaching that he will get under Juwan Howard this season. So I think that's, that's, that's a pretty important factor in all that as well. Right. And not just Juwan Howard, but Chris Hunter as well. They both are not afraid to take out the pad and bump a little during Michigan practices. Yeah. There's a, uh, there's a dog barking outside my window. So just ignore that people who are listening at home. Uh, I want to talk about the, the team in general next year. Now that we know, I mean, I assume all 13, uh, all scholarship spots are accounted for. You've got the extra spot this year too, with um, Eli Brooks returning for a fifth season. So you can kind of put together like sort of a two deep depth chart. I mean, we assume that it's either going to be Devonte Jones or Frankie Collins playing the lead guard spot. Eli Brooks or and Kobe Bufkin will play a shooting guard. Caleb Houston will looks like a guy who could be a lottery pick. You talk about someone who could step in and, and fill that livers role. Um, he and Terrence Williams and Isaiah Barnes will kind of be in the mix at small forward. Power forward, you've got Brandon Johns, you've got Musa Diabate, Terrence Williams again, uh, and then center uh, Hunter Dickinson. Musa Diabate, Brandon Johns, it's kind of your your rotation there. So I think when you look at the roster and how that all shakes out here, you're going to be able to throw a group out there every night that to me looks like you can go nine players deep. I might be forgetting someone in there, but 
anything you get more out of that is gravy. And and even if just the starting five is, are your guys, I mean, you still have, I, you look up and down at, at the, I mean, they're, lest we forget, they're bringing in the number one recruiting class in the country. There are scenarios in play here where let's just say Devonte Jones and Brandon Johns are your starters at the end of the year. It wouldn't be that surprising if they were supplanted by one of these freshmen, like a Diabate, like a Frankie Collins by season's end. We're talking, I mean, that's a long way down the road, but I think that speaks to the depth they have and the type of talent they're bringing in. Um, you know, three McDonald's all Americans too, which that's a pretty good indicator of who has a chance to be a star player um, as far as I'm concerned. So, you know, this sort of depth to me makes them, and I'm, I haven't poured over all 330 rosters in division one basketball, but I don't know if anyone out there is deeper than this Michigan team will be. Now, mind you, there are a lot of questions with the younger guys, with, you know, what you're bringing back with, you know, the improvements that Hunter Dickinson needs to make still, it really just kind of comes down to the, the ceiling of this group is probably going to be a based on how big a step forward Hunter Dickinson takes and two, how ready these freshmen are to play. But I mean, Juwan Howard, I thought they had a pretty deep, group last season but this year looks like you know i think a couple of times when we you and i did the poops pod we were talking about how they were able to go out there and kind of roll out lines of these these rotations almost like hockey lines because you were so deep um it looks like you, you you'll be able to do even more of that this year now yeah you want to talk about talent there are five mcdonald's all americans in the big 10 and three of them are in ann arbor um, the other two are Trace Jackson Davis at Indiana and Max Christie at Michigan State. Also a freshman. Interesting that four out of the five All-Americans are freshmen. This Michigan team, uh, assuming that they go the, the seniority route and rely on the experience at the beginning of the year with Devontae Jones at point guard, Brandon Johns at power forward. Uh, in Ann Arbor, it looks like the sixth and seventh guys in the rotation. So the first two off the bench could be Kobe Bufkin and Musa Diabate. There's two McDonald's All-Americans. <laughs> And then the eighth guy and ninth guy uh, being Zeb Jackson and Frankie Collins, that two former top hundred recruits. I mean, they just have talent all over the floor, all over the gym, and it's going to make them a lot better. I think leading up to the season, Uh, I know the football program uses the saying all the time, but iron sharpens iron. And when these guys are on the gym together, I know that won't be for another few weeks because you have Caleb Houston right now uh, competing with team Canada at the FIBA U19 games. But once these guys are really together and really growing and bonding and becoming a team, I I think that that process is going to speed up a lot. And I I think that, I mean, you look at it physically, a lot of these guys look like they're ready to go. You can't say that about a a lot of freshmen elsewhere. Yeah, that's God to be a fly on the wall for some of those practices or some of those scrimmages would be awesome. Um, I don't, I can't really remember a time that Michigan has had that, now, all these McDonald's all Americans and, and top 100 guys, but there are, um, you know, as we, I, I know the focus is on Dickinson, but we're kind of talking the total picture here and this will, pro- we'll probably get out of here after that because we don't need to do a preseason preview show right now. It's July, you know, six, as we sit here today, but um, you know, points of concern for me, I think similar to before we knew what Mike Smith was last year, I think point guard, that's going to be something that will remain a concern until we see, um, you know, Devonte Jones play. Um, you know, let's just say he's, I, I use this in a, in one of the streams we did earlier. Like let's just say that Devonte Jones is more, um, you know, in terms of what his role wound up being on the team, more like more Jerron Simmons than Mike Smith. 
all of a sudden then you're you're relying on a guy like Frankie Collins who is a true freshman who you know there are questions about his jump shot or you know if both of those guys aren't really quite ready yet then you're talking about Brooks sliding over Kobe Bufkin in the starting line so there there are points of concern there again we're kind of nitpicking right now I think they have the guys there to figure it out somewhere so I'm not crazy about that Uh, I'm also not crazy about Michigan's depth in the front court, uh, especially if someone does go down to injury. Uh, I'm, ex- I'm really excited to see what Diabate does, but he's still raw. And, and we know that sometimes, you know, despite looking like he figured it out at the end of the season, Brandon Johns is still a guy who has a rap sheet of at times just kind of disappearing. Um, so to me, I mean, I think your backup situation is a little bit stronger in that I think there's more upside in playing a guy like Diabate for, 10, 15, 20 minutes a game, he'll probably play more than that than, you know, say an Austin Davis was given that he could be a lottery pick too. But, um, you know, I, I just, th- those are, again, it's, we talk about how good the depth is, but then there's that chain reaction of if you just lose one guy somewhere, what it could mean for everyone else. But um, I think at the end of the day, um, it's July. They haven't even all practiced together yet. Uh, there's enough time in the lead up to the season and a lot of basketball to be played before. And it's less about answering all these questions before the season opener and more like these are things they will have until March to sort out because we think that this is a deep team that can make a run for a national title. So I think they have what they, um, they have what, uh, what they need there. I think it's nice that, um, you know, the Hunter Dickinson thing wasn't unexpected. We kind of all figured from the start, he would come back. Now he, it sounded like he, that was what I found interesting. It sounded like when he declared he had every intention of staying in and didn't quite get the feedback that, uh, that maybe he hoped he would or get an invite to the combine, but we thought he would be back. So in a lot of ways, the outlook of the roster doesn't really change than maybe from the last time you and I spoke here, but um, no, it's, I think I tweeted this out from the main account as we kind of wrap up here is, there were, there were times where you couldn't get people in this fan base, in this community, to even think about basketball until after the Super Bowl was done. And now Michigan fans, and it's a combination of factors. First being your basketball program is really damn good and elite and, and one of the five or 10 best programs in the, in the country over the last 10 years or so. And also there's football and we know what's going on there. We don't need to harp on that. But um, the fact that it's July 6th and, and people are kind of, I won't say reaching a fever pitch, but that people are kind of, feeling these good things about the future of the program, what the expectations are, um, the juice that's within the program. It's kind of the antithesis of, uh, I know we joke about the football school, basketball school thing, but it does really feel like a tide has turned. And, uh, you know, all it took was a guy that probably wasn't going to get drafted anyways to announce that he was coming back to school like we all thought he would. So it's pretty incredible how, how everything has changed there. Yeah, and we will end on this note, I guess. Um, enjoy Hunter Dickinson's sophomore year because there won't be a junior year. <laughs> yeah, that's – that's. I mean, he all but, he's all but said that. And that's – again, he's going to be 21. Um, I know he's excited about the idea of being on campus for a normal year where he can um, – go to parties and door. Yeah. We'll cut that part out. Uh, They can ignore that. Um, But you know, to, to have that normal college experience for a year and Hey, we didn't even talk about this name, image, and likeness. Now he can get, earn a little bit of cheddar cheese for his troubles. um, If someone's earning a little more than a a little bit, I think Dickinson could be one of the top earners if he really goes after it. Uh, Not as, not as big an earner as Adrian Nunez though. 
So. No, no few people are. I mean, about, he's, a, about a million fewer TikTok followers. <laughs> we'll see how maybe Adrian can give him the TikTok bump. We'll see what happens from there. But um, yeah, it's an exciting time to be a Michigan basketball fan. Exciting time to follow the program, cover the program. Um, this will probably be the last time that we really dive into basketball until Lord knows when. Um, we got to do this football thing here coming up. But, uh, you know, basketball season uh, will kick off sometime in early November. I think usually around the second week of November is when they start playing games, but they'll be practicing and working out together since then or, or leading up to all that. And uh, we'll be there when it all happens. So uh, anything else that comes comes along, we'll be there to cover it. Daniel, um, appreciate your time. Um, why don't you let the people know where they can follow you and your work on social media and the things you do outside of Mason Brew. Sure. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Daniel Dash underscore. You can read everything I write about Michigan basketball and MasonBrew.com. And this summer, I'm interning for the New York Mets in community partnerships. Whoa, uh, I didn't even know that. Yeah. That's that's breaking well, news to me. Congratulations. Going well, thank you. We've uh, been on it for about a month. I got a big presentation next week. So I uh, will be writing more about Michigan basketball after that. Cool. Uh, and you can follow me on Twitter at Anthony T. Broom. Um, all of my work all of our work is on mazenbrew.com podcast available everywhere. Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, head over to our YouTube channel. We're trying to get to 5,000 subscribers before football season starts. Like our videos there, subscribe to our stuff there, sign up to be notified, all of that good stuff. Follow us on wherever you're on social media. We're there. So um, again, thanks for coming along on the ride. Uh, we'll talk to you guys soon.